Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that gets it right eventually. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. And uh, man, you for those of you on the pre-show, uh, that was a, that was an adventure right there to figure out how to get the podcast started. But we're here uh, and, you know, we're we're kicking ass and taking names and we're here to talk about the fast starting wheel and deal in Buffalo Bills who smoked the NFC uh, darling Seattle Seahawks 44 to 34, 44 points for the Buffalo Bills. I'd like to apologize to listeners. I didn't think they had that much in them, but they sure they sure did. Um, you know, 44 to 34, 10 point victory. It's not that the Seahawks couldn't get back into it, Scott. And it's not that the, the Seahawks um, weren't capable of scoring points. But really, most of the day, the Bills were up by two to three scores. It was a fast start from the Bills, a which was which was nice to see, and it, and it actually is fairly typical at this point with some good kind of designs and obviously a great kickoff from Roberts. And then, yeah, after that, it was it was a heavyweight fight. I mean, it went it went all twelve rounds. Uh, I think you know really it was it was it was a knockout in the twelfth. I think I think that's the way I would call it. I don't think it was you know it didn't go to the cards. That was. You know, I, I think we we the the defense was able to to come up with some big plays at the end, and it was nice to see them. Nice to see the whole a great team effort as we'll as we'll get to. Yeah, um, Paul, go ahead with your thoughts on the game too. I, I think that you guys should have a little uh, chat here about game and and what what stood out to you. I mean, like everything. There's almost too much stuff that stands out, right? Yeah, there's, this was an eventful game. Uh, Scott had asked us afterwards, and we will address this in at some point early in this pod. Like, this is the biggest win since when? Uh, it's 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 a, it was a really big win for for the franchise. So, uh, the one thing that stood out to me in all the post game comments is Josh Allen said, "You know, we played really great complementary football," and I would agree. I felt like this was the first time where. The offensive and defensive game plans not only synced up, but were executed in a way that made this much more breathing room than I would have expected over the Seattle teams. You noted they were mainly up two to three scores throughout most of this game. Seattle did put up 34 points, which you can criticize the defense for that. But by scoring 34 points, Seattle's points per game average went down. So yeah. That makes this a, a good defensive performance. They had four takeaways of Russell Wilson. That's as good as an offense as you're going to face all season. I, I think if, if you guys can correct me, if you find a more potent one on there, uh, now that Kansas City is in the rear view. So this was, you know, on the, the offensive side of the ball, I, I liked how Brian Dable, much to the chagrin and confusion of Pete Carroll, said, we're just going to pass pretty much literally every down. There's no reason to try and, you know, run to keep them honest as the cliche goes. It's, you know, this is a terrible, terrible pass defense and a fairly solid, if unspectacular, run defense. And the Bills have a middling run offense and a pretty, pretty damn good pass offense. So let it rip. Uh, yeah. You know, it, go ahead. I thought, it, sorry, I just don't want to jump in. I thought it was funny that Pete Carroll like literally admitted as much in the press post game where he'd said like we didn't expect them to abandon the run like that. Two two runs in the first half, you know, and up until the fourth quarter, you know, the other uh 17 runs didn't come, you know, like basically until the end of the game. Um incredible uh you know, cajones as we like to say, right Paul. <laughs> Yeah, even even during the game, ESPN's Mina Kimes had said, if you were Buffalo, why would you ever run? You know, there was just no mm -hmm. reason to to do so at that point. So kudos for Dable sticking to his guns. I think by the halfway through the first quarter, Allen had hit seven different receivers, which is going to confuse an offense because they're not going to be sure who to focus on. One thing I referenced on Twitter after the game was let's not underestimate just how much of an addition John Brown is when mm -hmm. he's in the lineup and healthy eight catches for 99 yards, none bigger then a third and 16, I believe, uh, play where Seattle blitzed and the Bills hit the screen. It was the, the rare time they were up only one score, and I believe it was the fourth quarter, and that sealed the deal, and the Bills were in the end zone a, a play later. So you look at, at the and, – and I always want to mention him at least once on the podcast. Andre Roberts, I feel, once a game will take a ball that's more than five yards deep in the end zone. He will have previously analyzed – 
how the coverage is looking on that, the kick coverage, and take it out and routinely get 50, 60 yards in, in 60 yards in the case of Sunday's game. A good job. Uh, Tyler Bass's kicks were straight. That is worth to me mentioning because he has problems with floating balls occasionally. That's what she said. And, you know, defensively, like I said, uh, you know what? Someone else can talk about A.J. Klein because I've, I've talked enough. But someone should bring up AJ Klein. Yeah, we should talk about AJ Klein, and and but I don't want to yet. Sorry. Um, I I, I did wanted to mention you had mentioned the screenplays, which I thought was just like awesome the way that they they adjusted the game plan to Seattle's blitz because Seattle was doing like I think it was like their third house blitz in like six or seven plays, kind of there at the end of the third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, and they finally get that they rip off that screen, which is just you know an absolute ass kicking move to to do that you know and they, they just kept and and from there i just felt like supremely confident in everything that at buffalo was was going to do that they weren't going to let this game get away from them scott did you have any similar moments during the yeah, game that I, you want to well i mean i think i mean or, it was interesting i mean one thing i would point out on that is i guess the, the 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 analysis has been to this point and i think buffalo rumblings was at least one of the outlets that figured it out is that that is that was an audible from from allen was the okay. was the screen pass you know, seeing those kind of adjustments now, obviously like Dibbles in his ear between plays to talk about those kind of things. And, right. you know, Hey, remind the guys, Hey, they've been blitzing a lot, you know, so I'm sure it's a cooperative effort, but I agree that, that in general, the day bowl play, game plan was really good. I would say that to me, um, in some, like, obviously the bills started a little faster, but I would say that in some of that was the defense for the bills showing up. And I think that, this was certainly not a dominant defensive effort, but Seattle basically threw the entire defensive playbook at the Bills, and the Bills kind of shrugged and kept moving. Like there was really nothing that they threw at us that couldn't do it. And the Bills, they certainly, obviously, you know, 34, 30, yeah, 34 points is not a great day at the offense on some level. But I think if you're the Bills defense, and I think they they feel this way, like that's a pretty good day against the office against Seattle, and they were able to affect the game. They got turnovers, mm-hmm. they got sacks, they were occasionally able to come up with a key stop and hold Seattle to a field goal when they needed to, or get into the you know into the half or whatever it is, um, you know, make a tackle, slow the game down enough to where you know they're not just having to. You know, the offense isn't going to have to score on literally every possession um, and and they don't, you know, getting the offense some short fields to work with. Uh, that, I think, is the biggest reason, I would say, the difference between the two teams is that Seattle, no matter what they did, I mean, there was you're right. There was that brief kind of third quarter spell where the Bills always kind of go to sleep uh, and the. Seattle had found, you know, figured out that maybe this, you know, yeah, as Paul was saying, the house, you know, the full house bits was was going to get home and able to to throw off the offensive timing enough. But then they got to the screen pass. They were able to work their way around it, whereas Seattle, they didn't have that answer. They basically were just like, Russell Wilson's just going to have to win this game on his own, throwing yeah. it to DK Metcalf, and that's it. And there is no run game option. The Bills didn't have a great run game either, but they were just willing to – you know, and, and functionally that's, I mean, that's the headline of the game is, is the bills defense was able to kind of put, put the Seattle behind the sticks and behind the, and put enough pressure on Wilson to win. And Allen, Allen won. Allen was able to, to fight through what Seattle was doing to him and score more points. And it's, it's, it's weird to say that, and it's weird to see it happen. And I, it's just, um, I mean, it's, it's great. It's great to see these entertaining games like there used to be entertaining games because it was a comedy of errors like it was (laughs) the bills browns in november with like five wins between them and you know there were four turnovers but none of them were like great defensive plays they were all like you know oh well we just you know you know jp lossman fell down and fumbled or whatever you know something like that um entertaining for different reasons this was actually like a normal human being could watch this football game and have been entertained i think it was was like four Four punts in the game, something like that. Uh, well, before, yeah, and Bohorka said two, an average fifty-four yards a punt. I mean, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. Three three punts total. Um, Seattle only had one punt. I know that they had stopped them on fourth down a few times. I, I think yeah. that you, you you nailed it. Like you had to, you had to beat Russell Wilson, and they did because it was Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and a bunch of other people. And I don't know if like. 
you know, if they don't start off basically down 14, I mean, 14, nothing is basically nothing to Seattle, but they get, they get to 17, nothing Buffalo. And so, you know, it's the second quarter and like, you already kind of have to like, not think about your run game. Now, I don't know how much Seattle runs on a normal day, but you know, it's basically the Russell Wilson show. And he, you know, for a guy doing it by himself, he, he does okay. But what did I say last week? I said, let me see them play someone good. And I think Buffalo was someone good. And I think it's probably one of the better teams they've had to play all year. And they couldn't keep up. Now, that doesn't mean that Seattle couldn't have won. If, if Buffalo had brought in a clunker, you know, like they also have been capable of, um, it could have been ugly the other way. But, you know, Buffalo got up to play this game. I don't want to diminish John Brown's presence. I think that was huge. I think also, you know, Josh Allen was ready. Josh Allen, I mean, I know we're going to get to him. Three times passing, 415 total yards. He could have had, if this game was closer, he could have had 500 yards. But by the end, they were finally able to slow down. DK Metcalf Metcalf is unreal. I, I mean, like, he really is, like, an exceptional wide receiver. But even him, you can only throw, you can only get him the ball so many times. And, you know, seven catches for 108 yards and a touchdown, you know, excellent effort. But still, you know, Buffalo was the more complete team. I think that we saw what scoring gets you. I think we saw that, like, having to outscore Seattle was the right thing. And I think that to the credit of the defense, you have to have some defense. You have to be able to do something. And they were able to. They were able to affect him in the right ways. Josh Allen got sacked seven times, and part of that's a function of throwing the ball, you know, 40 God knows how many times, um, you know, and he was just back there. I think one of the impressive things that I thought about after the game um, in specifics with Allen was, and I'm not saying he's this guy yet, but there were plenty of times where I would watch Patriots games, and the Bills would finally get to Brady, right? And they'd knock him down. And there wouldn't be a flag for 15 yards, but they'd hit him and I'd go, yeah, Jerry Hughes got him. That'll that'll shake him up. And like it never did. It never really did. Like he just sort of got back up and within a play, he was throwing the ball. And it was always like, well, you got to pressure the quarterback. And Allen, to his credit, I mean, he gets taken down seven times, let alone how many times he actually, you know, they were in his face. And he still just has, I mean, like a masterful game, like a masterful game. Like, a truly excellent game. And, you know, like, no mistakes, like, at all. He was he was great in a, in a just, in a way that is, is hard to really wrap my head around. And I'm thrilled for it. I'm here for it. Um, I had said that this, I, I this didn't. This was Frank's fever dream. This was, it, like. It, it almost was. Yeah. Like, it almost a was. game with almost, with no, like, slow, but no bend, but bro defense a super aggressive defense that just sacks and turnovers and giving up huge plays yep. all pass no run it's 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 frank frank's frank wants every game like this and they and they want it like that's the other thing they could win that game and this is a game you can't win that way right this is this is the exact opposite of playing new england or um kansas city because they had the they had the dogs to run this time you know and john brown was certainly better and they had a I, you know, uh, it certainly helps that the pass defense is terrible in Seattle, but like, look out if your pass defense is terrible because Buffalo's coming for you. And, I, you know, I'm thrilled that they still have this game um, in their in their repertoire. Um, let's let's also take a moment to offer AJ Klein um, <laughs> some some laurel laurels and 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 uh, and tribute. I mean. He had a hell of a game. I mean, he didn't have just a hell of a game because he's AJ Klein and like, wow, good for him. But I mean, like a pass defended, two sacks, five tackles, like huge sacks too. Like, I mean, there are sacks and then there are sacks. And he had a hell of a sack. Um, Tremaine Edmonds also like eleven tackles. I mean, you know, there's some good stuff. Tredavious yeah, won- we haven't mentioned him, and he did. He had his his probably his best game of the the season for what that's worth. He, he really did. And then Levi Wallace with one of my favorite pass defenses in the in the end zone against DK Metcalf. I mean, on the whole, like a truly like impactful game. The things that they did on defense were impactful, you know, and like 
there's still like the weird communication error where where Russell Wilson throws the ball 50 yards and the wide receivers all by himself because, you know, somebody didn't quite know who was yes. supposed to just run with him. But like, I don't know, I look at a, like a couple of those weird plays and I go, yeah, it 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 really that's what I was starting out with the game. And then I, I guess we should get on to three stars. But my thought was like it's, it's a 10 point victory for Buffalo. But really, like I kind of stopped paying attention to the score when it was, you know, 41 to 20 in the fourth quarter. And kudos to them for getting another four, two touchdowns at that point. But like to me, I was like, that game's over, right? They're up 21. They're up three scores. They're up 21 points. Like This is done. And that was that was pretty great. So um, I'm excited for it. Paul, if you if you have any final thoughts, share them and then we'll go to three stars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I, I taking my notes here. I don't think I, you guys have have missed anything. You know, just kind of want to reemphasize Dable's Belichick style. We will beat you however we need to beat you. You know, we'll run with Moss and Singletary a bunch and give them 80 plus yards each. Sure, run not at all and throw for 400 yards. Why not? Where's your vulnerability? That's how we beat you. And while this is so self-evident, yet so many teams try to shoehorn appropriate, you know, game plan, inappropriate game plans to to victory. So great planning, good defensive performance, great job by. I would say the secondary other than the essentially fair catch touchdown, the end zone that Frank just referenced for the guy to wait for it, like a, a punter kickoff landing. Cause it was in the air forever and he mm-hmm. still caught it. Um, but is, is against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks who I think are going to, who, well, they haven't beaten anyone really solid this year. They're going to be in the thick of things at the end of the season and kudos to the bills for it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's, yeah. And I'll just briefly add that. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it was a good, um performance and i'm glad that they did it i think the one thing i was going to add specifically on the the winning how you want like that is the teams that is the the good teams can do that like they either make you play the way that that they want to play or they can beat you multiple different ways and that was the thing that new england could always do new england could in their best years could always beat you on defense they could beat you with a run game offense. They could beat you with a pass game offense. Like those are when there's teams that were the best. Um, Here's uh, a no so, name running back. We're just going to turn into a star this week. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we will. Do you want me to get to three stars now? We're doing that. When you are. Hey, man, it's your segment. You whenever you want to do it. You want to sprinkle right. it through the podcast? You could do that. Just like, no, that would that would be interesting. <laughs> but I don't think that we're going to do that today. Um, yes, you are up, sir. You are up, and we are excited to find out who uh, are the three stars this week. Okay, well, there are there are there are many, many, many honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give um, honestly, I will give an honorable mention to my boy Russell Wilson, just because like I feel a little bad for him. Like he obviously had did not have his best game, certainly, but still, like when you throw for 390 yards and two touchdowns, like and your QBR is 69.2, like that's and run that's for like one more touchdown. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's still pretty decent. So not a bad day at the office for him. Honorable mention. Again, we have a lot of honorable mentions. Buckle in. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the segment we're waiting. Right the honorable mention segment of three stars. This is why, why people are here. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, Jordan Poyer, 10 tackles. With the uh, with the interception, nice nice interception. Trey White, eight tackles, another interception, and uh, a fumble recovery. Um, Micah Hyde, welcome back. Nice to see you. Another honorable mention um, for hanging out and and doing excellent work there. Um, uh, AJ Epinesa, honorable mention for heads up play, catching the catching the pass successfully, or the the uh, the the kind of weird. Sort of trick kickoff from Seattle that was yeah. kind of maybe trying to catch the the Bills sleeping a little bit. Uh, it, it, honestly, first for it felt like somebody was playing Madden and they accidentally <laughs> pressed the squib kick button instead of the onside kick button, and then they're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And, and then it was too late. Yeah. Um, honorable mention: John Brown, eight catches for 99 yards on the 11 targets. Gabe Davis, four catches on five targets, 70 yards. Touchdown. Maybe should have had the second touchdown based on the replay review. That was obviously a bummer for him. So your third star goes to finally, I think that's all the honorable mentions. I think I got them all. I almost we're giving, we're being generous. 
Like Tyler Bass had a nice game, three big, you know, nailed all the extra points, nailed all the expected field goals, certainly, you know, at least kicked it out of the end zone on the 60 yarder so that it wasn't, you know, couldn't be returnable. Um, good job that obviously Andre Roberts, we already talked about not quite honorable mention material, but close, even with this kind of low, low bar, many, you know, let all the flowers boom, honorable mentions. Um, the actual third star goes to DK Metcalf, as Frank pointed out. Um, and as they were calling him on the bod- broadcast, a monster truck. Um, I think I, you know, but like a really fast monster truck, like that's the problem. Like, it's not just like, it's he's like Rob Gronkowski kind of playing wide receiver. Like he's also like fast and big and can knock guys over. And like, you could audibly hear Trey white kind of like disgusted and angry with himself after Metcalf kind of like bowled him over mm-hmm. on a third down to get to the sticks. And like Trey was hanging in there and, and he got his pick. He got his fumble recovery. He still had a good game, but when you're going against Metcalf, like you're going to get, um, he's going to get some on you. And then again, just a reminder for folks, him and AJ Brown were on the same team in college and that team somehow did not win the national championship. <laughs> that is really still boggles the mind. Um, but uh, anyway, so he is the third star. The second star goes to uh, Trey J. Kledmans, the famous, mm. the famous bifurcated linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's I was debating how to handle the Klein scenario, because even in this, like, I didn't say anything about Klein when we were talking about him before. I will try not to throw him under the bus too much. He there were maybe a couple plays during this game that he still wasn't quite where he needed to be or kind of seemingly capable of making the plays. One of those like the force fumble, obviously, he did a great job. It was a, it was a but at the same time, they called a blitz. Wilson never looked at him. He literally had him dead to rights. So it. I'm not saying anyone could have made that play. A lot of guys could have made that play, but he did make it. He did make that play. He made the professional NFL linebacker play. He sacked the quarterback, got the fumble, recovered it. Had he play, had the pass deflection on another um, another pass, had another sack, um, was did not seem to be completely out of place in some things. Um, you know, so a better game for Klein overall. And as we already said, Trey Edmonds um, leading the Bills in tackles with 11. Um, having the pass deflection, um, you know, in general kind of led even with the Seattle with a dinged up running game, you know, they still, they, you know, if they had had a better running game, this game might've been a little different. Um, but obviously with the bills able to kind of shut that down and Edmonds shutting that down, it makes it easier for, uh, the pass defense to focus just on Wilson and the receivers. Mm -hmm. So good job by him. And then, yeah, Josh Allen, is your first star because he had seven incompletions on the day and threw for 415 yards and three touchdowns. And yeah, he got sacked seven times, but he didn't fumble on any of them. There were one or two like kind of close calls, but he didn't. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, still had the the seven carries for 14 yards and another another touchdown Um, quite literally video game numbers. Um, I would say, you know, he's had some good games this year. Uh, obviously Seattle's pass defense still needs a lot of work and they were worth last in the league coming into the game. They are still last in the league, but you gotta, you gotta take advantage of it. And he took advantage. He did everything he needed to, uh, and more. And that's why the bills are seven and two now, which is boy, that sounds super weird. <laughs> you, uh, that's cause you, the last time you said that, Scott, you were like 12 years old. Yeah. Probably. You, we might have to like have some sort of like, first star emeritus if if this is gonna if this is what's gonna happen josh we're just gonna have to maybe just put you in the first star all the time like okay these are the three others we have to start calling it three other stars too. right it's kind of yeah. like i feel i i almost feel like there should be the mahomes valuable player award and then everyone else competes for the mvp exactly or just right? name it the mahomes valuable player award with the inset with the acknowledgement like you're the best player in the league but we'll give these other guys a shot and we'll name it after you the yeah. everybody else award right um you asked this scott and i still don't have any i'm i'm looking at the 1996 buffalo bills and i'm not sure any win was as impressive and big as this game because you really here's what here's what i wanted so scott asked us this is the biggest win for the bills I said since the best win. 
I said right. the did I say the yes. biggest win or the best win? Because the biggest win is like the most important. The okay. best win to me is the best performance by the team, you know, kind of co- you know, competition adjusted, you know, blowing out some one in fifteen team is, is not the is same as right. not the same as playing a good team and really kind of dominating the game, which okay. I would say the Bills pretty much dominated a very good team, admittedly at home and a team on the West coming East, but mm. still. Right. I, I, I do but, have a kind of an answer if you want to. Well, think okay. About but it. I wanted to, I wanted to tease this out a bit more before you give it. I'm sorry, because I'm struggling with the idea of like, you could have gone to like the 92 bills and like, and maybe this is what Paul did. And like, here's a game where they, they, they smacked the shit out of the, the Marino Dolphins or something. Um, or, you know, you could look at when they go 3-0 and against New England with the Drayton-Florence game, right? And say, like, that, okay, but that's but there's there's other caveats, right? Like, that's early in the season. That, that team ends up not being as good. Um, you know, so I don't know. I feel like it should be an on-the-cusp team, right? Like, like a team that hadn't quite established itself yet, but then sort of rocketed up from there. Yeah, but I don't I know. Think, what did you come up with, Paul? Yeah, that was that was largely how I looked at this because it was kind of the biggest slash best combination hybrid that Scott mentioned and how you described. And I didn't want to pick an early season game. The quick spoilers that I picked a game that was the Bills' sixth game of the season, so earlier than I would have expected to pick. And it's a it's that hybrid of big win against a divisional uh, team that was defending divisional champion that was going to be their division champion again that that coming season um and that uh it was kind of an arrival game for the bills and showed they were there so without further ado i will take us back to 1998 22 years the buffalo bills against the then undefeated jacksonville jaguars in buffalo and so I won't go through the whole game by game recap, other than I found it interesting that the Jacksonville's Damon Shelton, uh, who would later be a fullback for the Bills, had 13 mm-hmm. carries that game. And in his ninth season career, he had 40 carries. So this was the Damon Shelton <laughs> game for Jacksonville fans. Um, but this was a game where yeah, Jacksonville was undefeated. Brunel was on fire. The Bills had gotten off to a really, really rough start under under Rob Johnson. That yeah. year, they lost the Chargers in the opener. Flutie came in to try and save it, and then Doug uh, Christie missed like a last-second field goal, so they lost that game. They lost to the Dolphins in Week 2 and only put up seven. They blew a huge lead to the Rams and lost to, on a Tony Banks touchdown scramble, 34-33, to 33, and that was how their season started. But then all of a sudden, they managed to barely not blow lead against the 49ers team that finished 12-4 and four that season. And then they went to Indianapolis with Flutie under, under center, and put up 31 points, which would be their high until the last four weeks of the season when the offense exploded and went to two and three. But they were saying, well, you know, the 49ers game was good, but it didn't really prove anything because it's one game. The Colts game, yeah, you played really well. How are you going to do against this undefeated uh, juggernaut of the Jaguars who, you know, Tom Coughlin led, Dick Geron, defensive coordinator team, uh, you know, really good, good offensive and defensive squad, even by the end of the season. And the Bills fought, uh, fought like crazy. They held Mark Brunel to an absurdly low um, 119 yards on 28 attempts, which you just don't wow. see. Damon Shelton was the leading rusher, as mentioned, with 44 yards on 13 carries. So the defense shut them down. Flutie put up 228 yards. Not phenomenal, but good. He had one touchdown, but I bet you remember his rushing touchdown when he... Uh, it was the last play of the game. It was fourth and goal from the one. Yeah. Thurman Thomas was supposed to take the pitch. Thurman That's missed right. the signal in the huddle. Doug Flutie had to act like he was running the, the Thurman Thomas pitch, ran into the end zone, leaped over the barrier, got padded on, on every part of his body, and the Bills knocked off the undefeated Jaguars. That really signaled that Bills team arrived. And sure enough, uh, after that game, the rest of the season, they went eight and three to finish Mm -hmm. 10 and six. Uh, They would go on to make the playoffs. And remember, this is a rebound season after a really bad six and 10 year under the leadership of Alex Van Pelt and Todd Collins, a quarterback. This is the first time the post Kelly era that they really showed they could still have a decent team. 
Jaguars weren't a fluke. They won their division again that year. They won a playoff game before they eventually got knocked out. So it was stiff competition. So I went on longer than I wanted to, but I did. Scott rarely asks us these types of probing questions. So I wanted to put some thought into it and give give the best answer I could. I remember that because that that stretch of five games turns the season around. And then they that's the year all four of the five AFC East teams make the playoffs with like the Jets and then the Patriots, Dolphins and uh, Page, the Patriots, Dolphins, and, and Bills are all like wild card teams, yeah. and um, you know, so that's that's a good pick. I think the only other one that, fe- and it's not the same, but if I picked another one that that usually sticks out for me, um, it's going to Dallas in Week Two in the Super Bowl Twenty Six year because they win that game ten seven, even though Dallas doesn't have Emmett Smith, but it's on the road in Dallas Week Two, and it's a low scoring game, but it really is like. You know, they step up they, like they they were thoroughly embarrassed, like just a handful of months before by Dallas. And they were able to go in and win that game on the road. And so for me, like that was sort of a very justifying game of, hey, you know, like 51 to 17 was not reflective of what we should have been able to do. And sure, they didn't have Emmett Smith, but also, you know, they had a they had a. You know, if Emmett Smith is the difference, then, you know, then come on. Um, so to me, that always sticks out as like a that's a good win that reestablished Buffalo for the at least the rest of that that year. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think I think the the point of the discussion is to is to understand how far this particular yes. version of this season's team has come to where, you know, for a solid 20 years we have not seen a performance really like this against this good of a team with the stakes kind of where they are like, and that's the other thing. Like it's easy to show up and beat, you know, the Patriots in week 17 when they're resting half their starters. And yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. Maybe that team goes on to win the Super Bowl or whatever. I don't even know if that happened. My memory is not great as everyone knows. Um, but you know, we'll yeah, get to that later in this day in this history. The, yeah, I was gonna say the Cowboys won the Super Bowl the year before they, that week two game the year that the Bills beat. And they them. would win that year as well, right? Yep. But um, yeah, I, I think that's that's the thing is is this is we've been we haven't really talked. I mean, I don't think we've ever had like a segment so far this year on the show of like this team seems like it's got something like we've all been saying like this team is way better than previous years. We obviously had some critiques when they were on their little kind of mini slide, but mm-hmm. we haven't really said like the, this team is the best team that they've had in the last 22 years, probably pretty easily at this point. And now no, I we're think so. yeah. well into the area of, and we were waiting for this game almost because like, you know, I was waiting for this game almost because it's not that I wasn't sold on some of the theories of the team, but like of like how we were going to win games. But this is the one where it all kind of came together against a good team. And you could see like if they play this way against the Chiefs or against the, you know, whoever they might play in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be it's going to be a game. They're going to be in the game. They're going to have a chance to win. And that's that's, you know, seeing it all come together was really something special. And I don't think we've seen that from a Buffalo team since these games that you guys are talking about 20 plus years ago and everything else. I think that's, I think that's key. And you're right. We haven't said that. And I know that in my diatribe last week, I had said, I didn't really care if they beat Seattle or not. And I stand by that from the perspective of, Mm -hmm. I felt like I had already seen what I needed to see from this team. I believed that this game was already in them and to see it as justifying and good and awesome. Um, and, and it's certainly better than not seeing it, but, for me, I guess what I'm trying to articulate is like if they hadn't beat Seattle, I wasn't going to go, well, they have no chance. Like, what are we even doing here? I wasn't going to say that because I was like, you know, like mm. to me, it really was still about, you know, John Brown and Matt Milano. And I just kind of already believed like, OK, this is going to happen. So it certainly nourishes the soul. It's certainly chicken soup for the Buffalo Bills season soul um, to 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 take in this week against Seattle. But I, I just the only thing I would warn against is like. If they put up an egg against Arizona this week or something like like this game still existed. (laughs) And so all they've got to do now is get to the playoffs and have this kind of game. And absolutely, they can beat. Anybody, I mean, who who can't they beat? I agree. Right. Last last, uh, you know, even the season I just went through, they lost. They after that big win over Jacksonville, they still lost a game to the 
the Jets uh, 34 to 12 and they lost a game to the Patriots and they lost another game to the Jets, but they lost three games to other playoff teams, which Arizona is going to be a playoff team. So yeah, if it happens, it happens, but that doesn't erase the significance of of what they accomplished in victory this week. Yeah. The, 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 the laws, like you're going to have team, you're going to have weeks when you're on and weeks when you're off, all you got to do is get into the tournament and have two or three good weeks. And they are, and 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 have a team that's capable of doing that, and they're 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 kind of there at this point. They're they're yeah, really they're they're pretty much there. I don't think like right like I think the difference between them and another team is you can't call them a favorite yet. But I I I don't think anybody can be like if like they should go into the playoffs and be fully expected to win whatever the first game is, and then mm-hmm. really once you've done that to win the next two games is just you've got to play a good game of football and they can do that. Like, I think that, you know, they, they were a little held back against Kansas city and were able to get close. And I honestly don't think like if they're healthy, they they don't play that type of game against Kansas they, city. I think they yeah, play this 100%. type of game against Kansas city and they, yeah. we see if Kansas city can keep up, um, yeah. which is great to say. And I think they do that with Seattle or not Seattle, um, the Steelers too. Like, I think that, the other cream of the crop teams here, you, you, you're putting them on notice. Like we're here to score points, and when we're ready and healthy, that's what we're gonna do. So, um, let's 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 move on though. Great question, Scott. Um, injury report, injuries. Like I I don't know. Yeah, if we we're should... we're a little early in the week. We can I, I I'm I've cheated and gone to Bill's wire because there hasn't been injury report yet. But per right. per Sean McDermott, uh, Brian Winners. Daryl Williams, Cody Ford, the three new injuries on the offensive mm-hmm. line, all listed as day-to-day. day-to-day. It is worth noting that uh, Winners and Williams return to action. Tredavious White also listed as day-to-day. You might remember at the end of that game, he was down with an, yeah, that's right. an ankle injury. Uh, I kind of figured, by the way, they were making fun of him. Jordan Poyer was making fun of him in the post game that they, they were. were. <laughs> he, he, he was going to be okay. So that's the case. And obviously, uh, Matt Milano, big news. We haven't uh, broadcast since they put him on IR. As Frank corrected me on, that doesn't mean just he's out three weeks. It means he's out three games. So we're not going to see him for at least a month uh, with the bye week in there. So that's new this year too. That was that's a pre-COVID CBA change that they made. It used to be three weeks. So it was not that you were wrong. It's just they, they it's new this year. Tricking um, me with their new rules. Yeah. So yep. But that that was the same ones, and obviously too early to tell the statuses of guys like you know, Josh Norman and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, also worth knowing that we didn't mention Harrison Phillips. Mitch Morse. Yeah. Mitch Morse. Sorry. Of course he's the big one. Yeah. Um, that'll be a big one for the Cardinals game. If he's perfectly healthy and can play great. And if not, I have no problem giving him an extra week to take care of a head injury, an extra two weeks yeah. to take care of a head injury. Yeah. The bills are, don't forget, like there's this game and then the bye week And mm-hmm. so, you know, you'd hopefully in the next couple of weeks be able to get a lot of guys back, um, you know, and rested and, in you know, to, you know, and I know that McDermott had made a point to say not, you know, that they're not resting on their laurels this week. You can one more week and then you can have a break. So we'll see what they can do. Uh, Paul, what about our listener questions? And um, yep. we had we just this one game. this just one this week because okay. we uh, we kind of scrambled apologies to our listeners. Uh, well, no, not apologies. We do this for free and you should enjoy what we put out. Exactly. Uh, we since we kind of decide late in, or in the afternoon today, we'd podcast. We didn't put out for questions, but Jay Ross is always good at giving us at least one question at the end of the game. And it's a good one. So all three of us will give it its its proper time for the pod. Wait, what is it from? Jay Ross. Jay Ross is a huge jerk. Oh, I'm just going to say that loud. So is this is the only question? It is. Yes, because we, we, so we, we didn't put out the questions. It. He asked right we, after we the game. We'd literally started. not be able to do the segment if we could avoid doing this. All right, well, then I guess we have to do it. But <laughs> I mean, we can I'm recap Paul's discussion saying with John. that he's a jerk and no one likes him. There. Okay. Well, we'll note, we'll note, Jay, that Scott's views do not reflect the views of the entire podcast. <laughs> so I'll just put that out there. But we're going to have to answer this question because, damn it, we're here for the listeners. Uh, for the pod, what have we learned about the O-line from this game, Feliciano and all, and what can be done? Uh, one-off? Well, like mean a one-off performance by this unit? Or was this their true colors? Be sure to say something like data points so you don't trigger Frank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think they carry a lot of momentum 
with how they're <laughs> Now we're going and, into Paul's uh, hair. I, my gut is telling me that they're going to explode all over uh, the next week. Something, something, point differential. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I can... Uh, I, at first, I, mean, I feel like this is also baiting me as the offensive line kind of guy on the pod. Yeah. Such as You're the one who uh, paid... I only paid attention to Ty and Seki for two snaps just because I wanted to see how he did, and he did very well but otherwise i was just watching the ball like an old school football fan yeah i mean that's i mean no i mean it, it is i mean this is the thing i mean we were panicking about i was panicking about halfway through the second quarter when the two of the when you know it had just happened where uh winters went out and ford had gone out and we were looking at betker and feliciana had moved to guard and or Feliciano was still a center, or Bates had moved to he guard. He was center. Bates had come into at guard for either the winners or winners <clears> or Ford. Andre, I don't remember which. Yeah. So the 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 I think they played well given the amount of shifting going on, and but that's the thing. Like they also still took seven sacks, and Allen is not always going to be able to avoid getting fumbled on those because it's just not that. Um, it's it's going to be an issue going forward if the line can't get healthy enough to keep keep things going. And I think to to, to the credit, and I had been criticizing McDermott to a certain extent for and 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 Bean for not having invested enough in the line and kind of rather than picking like you know investing repeatedly a lot of people, they just seem to be throwing a lot of bodies at the issue. Mm-hmm. And to a certain extent, that's paid off a little bit here because they have guys who have been on the team for a season, season and a half at this point, and who are at least familiar with the offense and can come in and help out. But it also, you know, again, the Seattle pass defense has not been good, not just because their secondary has been bad, but also because they haven't really been able to get a pass rush. And they finally got Carlos Dunlap and he right. was able to, to get in and get some sacks. So, and, and obviously the bills run game, maybe they didn't need to run. Maybe C- Seattle was too focused on the run. So there, it didn't make a lot of sense for them to do that. But it is going to be interesting against a more balanced defense or a good defense, you know, an average defense even, to see if the line is going to be able to hold up. Because that's obviously the thing. I mean, that is that is the thing that will slow this Bills offense down is, you know, a pass rush that can get there with four. Um, right. That's the thing that slows any offense down. And I'm not sure if you've got, you know, if, if we're going to have T.J. Watt showing up in a couple weeks um, how well that's going to end up and whether we're going to be able to put 44 points on the board against the Steelers with a better defense coming in. So I think the line, the line is the thing that you have to worry the most about on the offense. That's not saying a lot because obviously the rest of the offense is actually doing really well. Yeah. Um, even the run game after last week, but uh, it is, especially the depth is, is still a concern for me. It, it seems like they can concentrate and do what they want to do against a lot of defenses right like so if they want to run the ball they can and this week they didn't need to run the ball at all and why would you um so i think that's good and i think that the fact that like you know he gets sacked seven times but he's still able to get up and complete all but seven of his passes Mm -hmm. i mean that speaks well and so we'll see as he plays tougher as they play tougher defenses scott nailed it points will probably go down but can they can they still manage to do what they want to do? And I think that with a guy like Brian Dable, you're going to get your, I, I, I doubt they'll ever be like doing the wrong thing. I think whatever they're going to be doing is probably going to be what's giving them best, um, you know, to accommodate the line the way it is. Agreed. So, good question. Um, okay. Look, we're, we're, cru- we're cruising, but here we, here we come to the big hill, our favorite part <laughs> of the podcast. So, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm just kidding. This is it's it's the single best segment in in all of Buffalo Bills podcasting. This day in Bills headlines, and then we will preview the Arizona game, um, where we will highlight some some things there. But Scott, if you could, Scott, geez, Paul, if you could take us away, and Scott, if you could answer all the questions, that'd be great. I think that's a good good plan for this one. Yeah, going forward. So. We only have eight today, and since we only have the Arizona segment after this, we could end in under an hour. That's so not going to happen. Gonna you absolutely it just ruined it. All right. Yep. All right. Headline says today is November 10th. Headline number one from 2019. Bill's blank about to come full circle from his crucible moment. It was October 16th, 2016, and blank in his fourth season with the Cleveland Browns had been crushed by an illegal blindside block while covering a punt return in the second quarter of a week six loss to the Tennessee Titans. 
it was his final game with the Browns, but Blank twisting the grass didn't know that yet. He didn't know he'd suffered a lacerated kidney or that he was minutes from leaving the stadium in an ambulance or that he'd spend two days in Nashville Hospital before being driven 500 miles back to Cleveland. Blank was in the final year of his contract, but he didn't know the Browns would insult him months later, he said, by offering a one-year deal for the league minimum. I can hear the I can hear the thinking. Yeah. Um, so this the year this was a 2019 headline, and the incident that this uh, largely discusses was, is 2016. In 2016. Yes. So mm-hmm. the person was a Bill in 2019. Yep. The headline is Bills blank about to come full circle. Is it the right. wide receiver? Not a wide receiver. Gentleman whose uh, whose name has come up on the podcast today. Had a lacerated kidney. Uh, huh? Yep. One of the. Let's. Uh, I believe, and many would agree with this, that he is one of the most underrated players at his position Jordan in the game. Poyer. Jordan Poyer. Well done, Scott. Wow. Didn't even have to drop the Jamal Adams hint on how he, you know, is putting up similar production level with, you know, less of the hype. And less of the salary for the bill's sake. All right. 2018. Do floundering bills regret trading blank? How much worse can the bills offense get with Matt Barkley at QB? I haven't been told anything. Barkley said, however, yet all of us are preparing like we can play. If it's Barkley, uh, he'd be the four starter quarterback for Buffalo in 10 games this season. If it's Peterman again, the bills would start a QB with one touchdown pass and seven interceptions in 2018. Making you wonder if the Bills are having second thoughts about trading away blank. They traded away um, AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron, Scott. Yes. Also worth noting that Matt Barkley would, in fact, start this game. The Bills would win 41 to 10. So obviously, uh, the offense, uh, Bills' offense, would not get any worse with Matt Barkley at QB that day. All right. 2015. Rex Ryan names blank captain for Jets game. Ryan's captain. Oh, the AKM or IKM Panala. Wow. I didn't even need to go into the sub headline. Yeah. Didn't even need to cover it. Yep. All right. We're just going to move on. We're whipping through. 2011 blank hopes he'll earn some cheers. Bill's receiver blank admits the Dallas game has been circled on his calendar since the schedule came out early this year. He's going home to see his girlfriend, Kelsey Reich. But do you think it'll be okay if he bothers her in the workplace? We actually talked about that, Blank said with a laugh media day. That's question of the week. What's going to happen if I score or if I do well? Reich, you see, is a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. cheerleader. Right. Uh, is that David Nelson? David Nelson! Yes. I yes. You guys. Well done, sir. You guys are on fire. I knew it was one of the, one of the like, the wide receivers that had the bland names that I was like, <laughs> David <laughs> Nelson, Donald, Donald Jones, yeah. Donald Jones, David, David Nelson. Nelson, right? It was David Nelson. Yeah. Steve Johnson. Yes. Just a lot of common named receivers from that era. All right. 2006 blanks play sp- speaks volumes. Blank has been the bills MVP by a wide margin. Maybe in his ninth NFL season, he will finally be voted to the pro bowl for the first time. It took some prodding, but the ultimate team guy made he thinks about it. I've had some disappointments in the past, Blank said Wednesday. I'd be lying if I said I haven't. I felt there were years when I probably should have made the Pro Bowl, but I guess it wasn't in God's plan for me to make it those times. Blank also isn't one for self-promotion, which might explain why he's not even the most recognized Bills linebacker. Top billing goes to Takeo Spikes, a two-time Pro Bowl selection who has a TV contract promoting a national fast food chain. There is he would make the Pro Bowl for four consecutive seasons from 2009 to 2012 when he was with Washington. So it never London made it with Fletcher Baker. London Fletcher Baker. Yes. That this really is... is Fletcher beginning and then Baker right the end. Right. It's just Fletcher and this. He got up... married. Right. Well, yes, he did. To uh, uh, I can't think of a good joke. So we'll move on. Mm-hmm. 2005. Blank supports move to left guard. I think it's a good move. There are a lot of things I need to learn because I've never played on the left side my entire career, but I think it will be a good move. He said he didn't see it as a demotion. No, it's not a demotion. They want the best five guys on the field. 
and you all will just have to stay tuned. I'm working on left guard. We don't know if it's going to be permanent. It's the first week. We'll see how it goes. Jason Peters? 2005. No. I said Jason I Peters, but I guess is, not. I think this is our I think this is our failed left tackle. Oh yeah. Our the big Mike, Big Mike Williams. Big Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Six for six. You guys really are inflamed, or that's my uh joint inflammation flaring up again. Uh for the spoiler alert, he would play two games at left guard and was released in the offseason. Yeah, so that yeah, failed miserably. It, yeah. To go to, to Frank's point, uh, Jason Peters is mentioned in this article that's clearly the free agent Peters is better than the top offensive line okay. draftee four years ago. And that often notes, yeah. and then they talk about Benny Anderson being good. How do you not conclude that the inspired sign of Peters hardly offsets the Bills' mistaken drafting of Williams and flawed acquisition of Benny Anderson? Uh, but obviously then Jason Peters would leave too, so that just blew up in everyone's faces. Yeah. All right, so the streak ends here, um, but it was a good run while you had. So we're going to go back to a year Oh, dear. 1992. I am almost positive, even though I did not. You know what? Maybe it's 93. Doesn't matter. <laughs> not going to get it. Anymore. Got here. 1992 or 1993. Take your choice. Um, okay. A lighter blank pulls his weight for Bills. The Buffalo Bills have blank playing lighter and better than ever in his National Football League career. Blank was thrust into the starting left defensive end position five games ago because of Phil Hansen's foot injury. I was literally going to say Phil Hansen. Damn it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, you could have got <laughs> it. So. Uh, the fourth-year veteran turned in a solid performance Sunday in the Bills' 13-10 victory over New England. Blank has lost about eight pounds, going from 292 to 284 since the summer. This is a 1990 round three pick out of Kentucky, where he was their all-time sack leader. By the Atlanta Falcons, he spent 90, 91, and 92 with Falcons, 93 and 94 with the Bills. This headlines from 93, and then a final one with 49ers. Mm. So I will give the hint, since I don't think this will be a top of uh, my name. Uh, let me come up with a hint off the top of my head and not one that I've written down. Oh, here we go. Combine the name of your favorite Lionel Bart British musical based on a Charles Dickens novel with two of the things a field goal attempt might hit. Okay, so the uprights. Mm -hmm. Just in uprights. <laughs> Just in uprights. That's a great <laughs> name. I wish we'd had a defensive end by that name. Might a, what might a made field goal hit? Crossbar. Uh, no, a made the field net. goal would hit the net. net. Might hit a net and a cross. Cross what there, Scott? Crossbar. Barnett. Crossbar. Yeah. Oh, a Barnett. Yes. Oliver Barnett. Oliver Barnett. Oliver. With 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 no hints at all practically needed on that one. I <laughs> remembered. That that former Falcon who came to the Bills for those two seasons. Well, well done, Oliver Barnett. All right, 1990. Uh, this is the last one. Bills oh, wow. making making the grade at midpoint. While the Buffalo Bills rode through the first half of their schedule with a seven and one record, many of their followers did a strange thing. They spent the time trying to figure out what was wrong with the team. It was almost as if someone had forgotten it was not 1984, and the Bills are no longer a two and 14 team. So basically, this is an article that recaps the Bills' performance by position group for the first half of 1990. And the following excerpt I'll give you guys here is from the defensive line section. Despite Bruce Smith's performance, much of the talk about the defensive line is centered on the two new starters, left end blank and nose tackle Jeff Wright. Blank not only has made big plays, deflecting passes, recovering a fumble, and getting three sacks, he has earned respect with his effort and attitude. Blank is playing well, playing very hard, alertly. Marv Levy said he's a constant worker. He doesn't work hard for two or three plays and take a playoff. Frank, it seems like you already mentioned this man's name, right? No, no, he did. This is the guy Phil Hansen would replace at left end, though. Yeah. This guy would leave in free agency to go to the Eagles, I think, a couple years after this. The Eagles. 1990. He is most famous. You guys might remember the highlight from Super Bowl 25, the game where Scott became a Bills fan. Yes. Of him just leaping on Jeff Hostetler and landing and slamming on him to the onto the ground. It was used in commercials for years. 
Uh-oh. I'm only thinking of the Bruce Smith safety that should have been a touchdown. Um, so let's say I would say. Um, Will is it not Will? They, um, no, Wilford was at the other side. He was on the offensive line. What am I? Think of uh, your favorite uh, young Natalie Portman movie combined with a diverse clade of carnivorous, fin-footed, semi-aquatic marine mammals. The professional. <laughs> yeah, Just say the say the French title of that movie. <laughs> Le professionnel. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm drawing a blank here. Drive yourself, no, or you could just go to the Wikipedia page of the professional now and figure out the French name. No. Mm. I'm going to say uh, Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson. <laughs> Horatio. Good old Lord Nelson. No, I'm going to pass because I feel bad that I don't know it and I want to be shamed properly. So. All right. The French movie I was thinking of is Leon, the professional, just known in France as Leon, uh, which they had a Leon Seals. Leon seals, very good. Yeah, Leon seals, semi-aquatic mammal. So, yeah. Leon seals, and um, except for the two really hard ones, you guys did uh, got seventy-five percent of these without any hints. So, well I'm done. annoyed by Leon seals. Sorry, and that, that makes me well. Good, good for us. We did well. You did. Um, uh, this day in Bill's headlines for November tenth. Updating the standings. I am eight and one, gents. This is this is. It's it's new territory for the Bills. It's new territory for me. I'm usually terrible at this, but it's as, it tur- <laughs> as, it, as it turns I, out, I was last year. I only lost two. I only missed two games all of last season. One of which was the meaningless Jets finale. And I've already I already have three. I've picked wrong this year. Well, people are calling into the radio station in your head, complaining about your choices <laughs> in the off season. Uh, Scott was seven and two. Paul six and three. But. On the whole, if you listen to this podcast every week, one of us has nailed the game. So you have a one in three chance of knowing exactly what happens. And and that's what we highlighted on Twitter. When we isolated the Seattle Seahawks uh, um, audio, you know, my, my pick. And I said, you know, if you listen the week before, Scott crushed the game. And two weeks ago, Paul crushed the game. And generally, we sort of know what's going to happen. Um, the... Uh, the game this week against Arizona, I got to be honest, I'm struggling with this game. Uh, it, it, didn't mean to jump in, but like, first of it, it's like, oh, Arizona's coming off a tough loss. They'll be in vengeance mode, and the Bills are due for a letdown. It's like, oh, man, I feel so good about the Bills and how well they play. And you know what? Arizona just lost Miami, and the, the Bills can already beat Miami earlier this year. Like, I don't know yeah. what direction to go with this game. Yeah, no, and, and like, it's one of these weird things where the – like, the – Arizona is a two-point favorite right now. Okay, the predicted score is a 34 to 22, which I don't understand. Like, what? How? Then it's not a 10. Like, anyway, odds are weird. But I think that you know, Vegas is sort of understanding that, like, yeah, this is going to be a close game. I found myself watching Arizona versus Miami on Sunday, and first of all, Kyler Miami's, Murray, man. <sighs> Sorry. Well, we're gonna get to him, but I want to because I, I, I want to I want to say like first of all like. I don't know if I believe in Tua yet, but they're certainly a good team, and they're good enough to have a Tua learning on the job. And I'm really happy that they beat Miami when they did with Fitz because I think it's going to be a tough game in Week 17, and I think the biggest thing Buffalo's going to have going for them is that's probably going to be and hopefully be a meaningless game. I, I'm really hoping it is um, because they got a good defense. Like, they got a, a – they, they, you know, not that they can't do it again, but – Miami's pulling together, and we do have to see what happens with Tua. I think in the long run, we'll see. Kyler Murray, to me, and then I'll turn this over to to Scott, um, because Paul just did a lot of talking. Kyler Murray looks like, do you remember the NES hockey ice game, and there was the big guys and the medium guys and the skinny guys? Oh, uh, yeah. The I, I always did two bad guys <laughs> on defense. I did a skinny guy at center because they were better at face-offs, and then a medium guy kind of at the point on the wing. Right. And like, you know, you'd play enough that like you'd you'd experiment with four skinny guys and four. But he's like this. He's like the skinny guy, but a little smaller and a little faster. And he is he's like a cheat code. He's like a little freaking bug running around that you can't hit. (laughs) 
and he's great. And I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be dismissive of him. Like he's faster than a lot of people than I've ever seen run. And he's also just like, he hides, he like you blink and you're not quite sure where he is on the screen. All of a sudden he's like down the field and that'd be one thing, but he also throws some pretty, pretty nice looking footballs. Um, to me, I don't think that he's the same guy as Josh Allen at all. What I am saying when I say this is when I think about Josh Allen's rookie campaign and he was able to do some things very well, that's the impression I get from Kyler Murray. Like, I don't really know him fully, but I got the impression that like, okay, he does some things really, really well. And he's certainly dangerous in that way. Um, I, I looking at all the stats, but like, they're comparable point scoring offenses. You know, maybe Arizona's defense is a little bit better than Buffalo's, you know, in some things and vice versa. I look at the schedule. They've beaten some good teams. They've lost to some weird teams that like, okay, how did they lose to Detroit? I don't know. Right. Like they, they lost to Miami, which was, that was that, that was a pretty good game. You know, I think obviously the, they'll have to key in on Murray who will use his legs a lot more than, than Wilson does, but I don't know what to do with this game. Scott, can you help me? Do you have any any thoughts on what to, what to do here? Yeah, I mean, I I think that I'm I'm I am not obviously I am concerned about this game. This is not a team that is easy. There's a lot of talent on this team. They obviously played a great game against the Seahawks two weeks ago. Um, that was not as much as the Bills were in control for much of that game. It uh, against the Seahawks, it was not like it was not like in control, like where you're playing the jets and you're like, yeah, well this, this game's over. Like you're like, okay, we're in a good position, but it's not over yet until you really get to that knockout blow with the, the final AJ Klein sack. Um, you know, th- I think there was, there will, and there, this will continue to, this will be that game as well. Like you will have to play for four quarters. Um, the bills aren't going to be able to run away from Arizona. I don't think that Arizona is a mature enough team to make this happen. Obviously they have, a great offense. Um, I'm, I don't think that they have the run game. I think Kenyon Drake is dinged. Um, I don't think that relying on Murray alone is going to get it done much the same way that relying only on Wilson will get it done. Um, I think their defense is a little better and obviously the bills are be going West. This is not, this is certainly, I mean, I picked the bills to lose last week. Um, I am obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I was very encouraged by the performance this week. It seems like they figured some things out. Um, barring any kind of crazy injury news, I am going out on a bit of a limb, but I think that they can get this game. I think that Arizona doesn't quite have it in them to put together. Like the talent that they have has not been together long enough. And frankly, the coach, I would also say as, as good as I think Kingsbury is in terms of a, um, I think that's the coach. I'm pretty sure that's the coach in yeah. terms of a, a play caller and a, and a, and a game designer, you know, playing these high stakes NFL games, you do have to have a certain amount of, you know, the kind of the measured confidence that, you know, to, to, to make the right, to make the play, the percentages the right way, not put your team in bad positions, you know, consistently do that kind of week in and week out. And so I, I will put this as a bills win. I will say it's, it's still close. Um, but I will, and it's, it's going to be high scoring. Um, I don't think that the, I think even though the defenses are a little bit better, I still think it's just one of those, um, it'll be a good game. So I will go ahead and say bills 31 Cardinals 28. All right. I, um, you know, just looking at the Cardinals, you have the leagues number one ranked offense by yards, number six by points. They've allowed the eighth fewest points and they've allowed the ninth, their 19th in yards on defense, which is much better than the Seahawks, though still not great. You know, Frank talked about Kyler Murray being the skinny guy in ice hockey. Uh, that requires a brief digression for me to note. Uh, I have nightmares of playing my friend uh, Mark at ice hockey, and he always insisted on being the Czech Republics, and he would play with four fat guys, and he would just line up at center ice and hold a slap shot as long as possible while my skinny guy bounced off of him, unable to check him. Uh, that aside, uh, I look at this game and I see it largely the same way as Scott does. I think the Bills are just a little bit further along in their development. I think we saw them play a good complementary football game. 
I think they are going to look forward to getting into the bye week after 10 frigging weeks without a bye week, which is the longest I believe they've ever had. And I think they're going to be up for this game. I'm not in the practice room, uh, but I think they'll be ready. And I think Arizona's good. So I don't think it's going to be a difficult, uh, uh, an easy game. So I'm going to say Buffalo by almost the same score Scott did, except I have Buffalo 31 and Arizona 30. One point win. Wow. Okay. I I think about the defensive line in the linebacker unit, and I get worried that Kyler Murray's the exact right kind of guy to frustrate Buffalo. Right. Like to me, he needs to be contained, and there needs to be pressure, and then there needs to be somebody to get to him if he breaks contain. And uh, I'm I think I'm gonna pick Arizona. And I don't have a good reason. And I think all fans listening should know now, like, I don't really know why. I just have a weird feeling and I'm going to pick Arizona and I'm going to pick them 10 to 7 because I have no idea about this game. I, I really am like at a total fucking loss for this game. So don't read anything into it. Don't even read the score into it. I just like I, I, I feel like he's going to cause enough issues and it's a road game and they're missing the right kinds of play that he might be the guy that really messes it up for them. You know, let's not say 10 to 7. Let's say, let's say, you know, let's say 30 to to 28 or something. It'll be like a the, the Bills will get points. I just, I, I don't know that, I don't know that they can do it. They certainly can. I just have a weird feeling that they won't. So, and when they, if they lose this game, I am not going to be worried about it. I'm just going to be like, okay, they lost Arizona. It affects nothing in the AFC other than, you know, one game in the standings. And there's plenty of stuff left over. So we got to get going. I'm getting some connection error issue things. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, MNY Bills, B Bills MNY on Facebook. Just search Buffalo Bills. Maybe next year you'll find us. Um, we are happy to take your questions and comments. At least two of us are. And we <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Until next time, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everyone. <laughs>